joined by former Coca-Cola 600 champion David Ruderman as we continue our championship May series. We'll be joined by Ruderman, get his thoughts on his coveted 600 victory and look back on his uh, great career that he had over the years and catch up with him, see what he's up to now. All that more coming up on today's show. Later on, we'll have our NASCAR news and notes. Plus, we'll get our Ask David segment where you can submit questions to us, and we'll answer those for both David and David Rudiman here on today's show. As always, we are presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, and prepared just like you like it. Want hot jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. David Starr joins us right now. David, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, what is behind you? you? Got some tractor or something? <laughs> that doesn't look like Darlington. No, man. I, uh, you know, I, I left Darlington and flew over here, flew up here to Reading, Pennsylvania, and, uh, visiting with uh, Missy and Rich Fix. They along one of my longtime partners and sponsors for years. And uh, before I uh, raced at uh, Dover, Delaware this weekend, I come up a little early and spend some time with those folks. They're just good people and. Uh, they, uh, I said, hey, where can I do my podcast at? And they said, you know, they, they got a lot of people around. They said, we'll put you back there where those old tractors are. So I'm back here and <laughs> a shot. See, man, Rich probably has 15, 16 old John Deere tractors. It's pretty awesome, man. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty great, great people, great friends. Uh, they're like family. And, man, you, uh, you can't thank them enough for their sponsorship over the years, you know. I want to see you get on that tractor, David. <laughs> well, I. I've been known when I was here to get on one and do some mowing, dude. I love that. So it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic yeah. Oregon from the RacingExperts.com joins us as well. Dominic, uh, are you much of a, a lawnmower guy? Well, I've done the front lawn and the back lawn, but with the old, the old school one. I don't have like a John Deere or anything like that. But David, you might have to show me a trick or two. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey man, I just making your lines straight, man. Making that grass look pretty. That's what it's all about. <laughs> as long as you're making those lines straight, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that grass short. You're in good shape, David. Nice run at Darlington. You finished 16th, and you did so with my logo on your car. So I got to think that may have been some good luck of some sorts having the Jones report on both sides of the car. But nonetheless, good run there at Darlington. How'd you feel about how things went? Man, we had a great race. It didn't start off real good, you know. There, you, uh, man, you got to have a good car because just running around there by yourself is a challenging. It's challenging at times, and you know we've all heard the terms "lady in black" truck, the track too tough to tame. I mean, it's every the, it's everything. That's a way to describe the racetrack, but it's very challenging. And uh, when the race started, uh, you know our uh, Toyota Supra, man, we were on the splitter hard and. Uh, kind of uncharacteristics of our race car since, uh, you know, this year, but, uh, they were a little bit aggressive and, uh, we went, went when the, they dropped the green, went in corner number one, man, that thing wouldn't turn. And we almost knocked the wall down, got fortunate enough that we didn't hit it. And when we turned off the wall coming off turn two, man, we almost walked, knocked that wall down. I think I went from 15th, 16th, where we started to did last within like really quick, you know, within like a lap or two, <laughs> We held on to it and 
and, and didn't go a lap down. And, and Carl Long, the crew chief, Carl did an excellent job. We kept working on it, trying to lift the front of the car up, uh, trying to get it off the splitter. But it was a little bit of a challenge for us. It just it took us probably half the race to get it where we needed. And once we got it where we needed it, then we could start, you know, we started uh, moving forward and, and being a part of the race. But, man, it was uh, – it was a great race. My team did an excellent job. Carl Long, my crew chief, did an excellent job making changes to it. We never stopped digging. And uh, and when it was all said and done, we had a decent finish. You know, they had a big wreck right there at the end. I think uh, two or three of the leaders pitted for tires. And when it came down to it, there was only like two or three laps to go at the end. They had a green-white checkered. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we were racing pretty hard. And, and I thought I was going to get a couple more, maybe two or three more. And my spotter said, man, they're wrecking behind you. They're wrecking, you know, caution's out. And then he said, oh, man, they didn't throw the caution. <laughs> so, I mean, all in all, it was, a, it was a good day for us. So, we'll take it. Anytime you can leave Darlington with, uh, you know, with just a little bit of minor damage to the race car and a decent finish, it was, uh, it was a good, good race for us. And, David, you've been talking about how you and your team want to knock off some top 15 finishes. Well, you guys got 16th at Talladega, 16th at Darlington, according to – Fox Sports is Bob Pockers. You're going to start 20th at Dover this Sunday. Seems like your team is finding some rhythm and some momentum here early on as we shape up into the summer months. Yeah, you know, it's my first time driving for MBM Motorsports. And, and uh, you know, the cars are driving well. We've had a little bit of bad luck here and there, and you work through that. But uh, all in all, not bad. I mean, for, for the budget, you know, we talk about budgets a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously we're not one of the big powerhouse teams. Uh, you know, if we can finish 12th, 13th, 11th, 10th, I'm going to pull into victory lane with the winner because, I mean, we won big time. If you look dollar to dollars and, you know, the budget we race on, you know, I, I feel like when we're finishing in the top 15 or 16th, 14th, it's, it's pretty good. You know, be ama it's amazed how good our race cars are. And, and how small of a budget we work on, you know. So all in all, hey man, just glad to be out there racing. We having a lot of good time, and uh, and we just digging as hard as we got, as hard as we can with what we got. That's cool, David. And uh, one more thing before we bring in David Ruderman here, I got to ask you: Throwback Weekend, you had a special scheme, but also you got to get inside of uh, the Intimidator's old car. Uh, thanks to Dale Jr. Tell me about that experience. Man, that was that was awesome. You know, I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize um, I saw the car in the garage. I went over and looked at it. It was pretty awesome. I had seen it uh, on some of Dale Jr.'s social media. And uh, and when I turned around, somebody said, man, the Earnhardt's car is in the garage. So I, well, I turned around. There it was. I walked down there to look at it, went down to take a couple pictures of it, you know, and not paying attention. There was people around and Next thing you know, I was talking to Dale Jr. I didn't even know he was right there. You know, he was right there. And so we were talking about the car and, and took a couple pictures uh, with the car and was talking to him. And then uh, and then I uh, I walked back to my hauler to get ready for our race. And when I walked out to Pitt Road, I guess he had jumped in the car and drove it to Pitt Road because he was going to pace the field. And when I walked out there, I just kind of walked up to look at it again. And Dale, Dale asked me if I wanted to sit in it. And, man, I – you had to take that opportunity. I couldn't believe that uh, that I got an invitation like that. So it was pretty amazing, that's for sure. Oh, so that's pretty, awesome. Absolutely. Pretty amazing to sit in Dillon Hart Sr., one of his race cars that he raced, you know. So pretty cool deal, that's for sure. 
Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Dominic, uh, why don't you go ahead and, as the show historian here, roll us through the accomplishments of uh, David Ruderman. Introduce us to our next guest here. Sure, we're talking somebody that is an accomplished dirt track racer, somebody who has won at all three touring series of NASCAR's National Series. He's the 2009 Coca-Cola 600 champion. He won at Chicagoland in 2010 in the Cup Series, drove for some cool teams in the Cup Series, most notably for Michael Waltrip Racing. And we often get asked, who's the man? We say David Rudiman. David, we appreciate you taking the time here to join us here on Let's Go Race. And thanks for stopping by Championship May Month. Uh, well, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. And I've, I, I, when you're going through my list of accomplishments, uh, you got to look pretty hard. There's not a lot of good stuff on there, but every once in a while you find something. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm one of... I want to challenge that statement, Rudiman. You were, uh, man, you were one heck of a race car driver as a competitor and a friend. I raced against you. Anytime David Rudiman was on the racetrack, you had your work cut out for you. Uh, just the, the battles we had back in the truck series days. Uh, if you were going to win a race back then, David Rudiman was the guy you was going to have to beat. I mean, you, uh, you accomplished a lot. You had a big following. The fans loved you you were just a awesome competitor and a hell of a race car driver and it was cool for me to race against you for so long and to see you get that opportunity to race in the cup series you know as one of our guys in the truck series you know and when you when you see somebody like yourself get an opportunity that was well deserved and to go up there and to run with jeff gordon and jimmy johnson and all those guys and then win a couple races, man. We we were proud of you. You know, it was like our buddy Rudiman. You know what I mean? You you did the Truck Series well when you left us left us and went up to the Cup Series. And man, you did a heck of a job, man. What a career you had. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I mean, it was it was all right. I mean, I, I came in uh, uh, got my opportunity uh, quite a bit later in life than a lot of the younger guys did. So uh, <laughs> you, you know, the whole time you were there, especially. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a become more of a young man sport as the years have gone on. But whether that's realistic or not, that's just how it ends up being. And um, you know your time. Uh, it's it's a uh, uh, you know it's like being on death row. Sooner or later, your your time's up. You know, and 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 so you got to make the most of it. And I had a lot of really good opportunities, and uh, and and uh, got again got to race for a lot of great teams. So uh, I enjoyed every minute of that. Well, let me. Yeah, let me I, David, I think when you, you look at Toyota coming to NASCAR, particularly the Cup Series, you're one of the first names that comes to mind to everybody. Is David Rudiman driving the double zero Aaron's dream machine and, and getting to the chase and, you know, bringing MWR its first win and such? I mean, tell us what it was like to be a part of Toyota's, uh, you know, first experience in the, uh, the Cup Series to help bring them to NASCAR. Well, I think there, I think there was a lot of uh, unknowns, which I mean, any, you know, getting in on the ground floor with any manufacturer uh, coming in is, uh, uh, is, is, is tough, you know, especially when you come to race uh, uh, a different a, a car company that's never been involved in NASCAR before and, and um, coming in there and trying to, you know, start your own deal. And uh, I think David will tell you uh, firsthand. I mean, when we went to the truck series, really nobody knew what to expect of the Toyotas uh, and, uh, there was a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of uh, rope stuff, and and um, a lot of growing pains uh, with the new teams. And and uh, and you know, yeah, I was I was one of the guys that was there at the beginning, and 
um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty interesting ride um, for, during the whole time. But uh, again, there was a lot of ups and downs and that's just what you got to expect with the new manufacturer. You know, they, they, you don't just come into the sport and, and be successful right away. You got to work at it. And, and they certainly worked pretty hard and we all did for a long time. Go ahead, Dominic. So, I mean, David, too, getting to run with Michael Waltrip racing. I mean, did you ever pinch yourself thinking, wow, I'm, I'm running with the top guys. I, I win one of the most prestigious races in the Cup Series. And, I mean, you were a multi-winner in all three national touring series. I mean, do you ever pinch yourself making it to NASCAR's highest level like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I never – I mean, I was – when I started racing in, in, uh, at whatever level I was at, I wasn't trying to necessarily get to NASCAR and be a NASCAR driver. I was just uh, racing to try to be like my dad um, and, and try to race for a living. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't necessarily have my – uh, career goal set on NASCAR. It just worked out where I had the opportunities and, and, uh, it, it did work out. So, um, you know, it, it was just, it's, it, and again, Dave will tell you, uh, it's, it's about being in the right place at the right time. So many times. And I think that's the same thing to say, whether you're, you play football or baseball, or whatever, the right people need to see you when you're doing well. And then, and I got some opportunities that I, I couldn't have ever dreamed of. So yeah, it was definitely really, really cool. I wish I would have stopped and enjoyed it more. Uh, because it's, in, you know, it's so much going on and you're so busy and you're do, so busy doing things that uh, you don't have a chance to sit around and look around and take it all in and realize that you're one of the few guys that gets a chance to do that, you know. So I, I do miss a little bit of that. I wish I would have taken more time to do that. Right. You, David, uh... David, take me back to that, uh, that first Speed Weeks with MWR. I remember the, the ESPN reality show they did on you guys and documenting the start of MWR. And, of course, everybody knows about the, the jet fuel incident and such, you know. And t tell me about that, of just the pressure it was just to make the 500 for all three of the new MWR teams that first speed weeks. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was huge. Um, you know, the, uh, especially being from Florida. I mean, I used to go over there, which was at the time was a, the Twins – uh, 125s and stuff like that, and, and watch those, uh, and and you know just being a be a competitor uh, on a local level, sitting in the grandstands trying to figure out how I was ever going to get in the infield, you know, and then uh, and then you get the opportunity too, and then you know obviously Daytona was a was a big uh, a big deal to me, just being from Florida and, and and all the things that went along with it. So yeah, there was a lot of pressure there, and and uh, a lot of controversy, and uh, certainly there was a lot of hype going on around, uh, Michael Walter racing, which Michael always seemed to be good at, uh, uh, getting the media attention and, and, and all those things that go along with that. Um, he was, uh, again, there was just, just so much hype and, uh, so many unknowns and, and realistically, man, I tell you those guys at MWR, they worked awful hard to get us even to get us there. And, uh, we weren't really as prepared as we should have been probably. Uh, but my crew chief at the time, Frankie, massaged on that thing and and uh you know made a we had a pretty good qualifying effort for um what we had and uh and like I say got in the show and uh you know it was it was a, it was a big deal to us you know that season ahead, two, David. David, first year toyota was in the cup series what were some of your biggest lessons you learned as a competitor as an organization what were some of the big takeaways that you guys used going forward, 2008, 2009, because that team did get progressively better, but we know 2007 certainly was a struggle, not only for the Toyota camp, but for MWR as well. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I think the biggest, one of the biggest things I learned and, and, and uh, I, I probably learned in the truck series is, and actually thinking back now is uh, uh, cause uh, David will tell you, I used to race everybody like it was the last lap of a million to win show. Um, and, and we were just sitting on the wall one day and I don't even know if he remembers this or not. It probably doesn't. But he said, he goes, this man, he goes, you just, you, you, you don't have to race everybody. Um, you know, you don't have to race everybody like a convict, you know? I mean, that's really what it came down to. And he, he, he it, it was his way of telling me that, you know, you, you can, you can pace yourself because I'd, I'd burn the tires off and I'd knock fenders off and I'd be backed in the fence and I'd do everything wrong you could do. I was doing. And he, he actually thought enough of me to, to uh, just say, hey, man, just just mellow out and you'll be fine. And, and I use that advice. And that wasn't the first time I he was the first person that told me that. But that wasn't the first time I'd heard it uh, through the rest of my career. And um, and it always it always helped me. Uh, because the reality was, you, you know, you can't race everybody. You can't race if you're racing 500 miles. You can't race everybody as hard as you can go for 500 miles. You can't be out there. You know, I mean, the last half of the race is, is what matters. And and I thought, you know, coming from running short tracks and racing 25 lap features, I thought you had to go as hard as you could go from the green flag. And, uh, man, I, I, I ruffled some feathers and I did made a lot of stupid mistakes. But uh, uh, eventually, I, I, I guess you could say I kind of. I kind of got it at some point and figured it out somewhat. I think I still struggled at times, but uh, it, it, it was, it was helpful to have that conversation with David sitting on that pit wall. And it was a short conversation. It was to the point. I don't even know if I'd run over him or something. I'd probably run over him. I probably, uh, you know, I'd run over a lot of people. So I probably ran over him one time there. And uh, that was his way of telling me to mellow out and you'll be fine. And, and it was true. <laughs> well, you are, uh... You, you learn how to do it. You learn how to do it well, man, you know, and uh, man, you have so much race in history with your dad and uh, man, you, you know, as, as famous as David Rudiman is in the, in the racing world and the NASCAR racing world, uh, you know, and, and I, I want you to know still today, people still ask me, man, what, what's David Rudiman doing? You know, where, where's Rudiman at? Is he coming back? You know, you still, you have such a big following out there and, and that name, man, that Dave Rudiman, Rudiman, you know, that was, that was a cool, cool racing name, you know, but uh, how's your dad doing? And uh, man, I'm sure your dad was, your family was super proud to make it at the level and to make it at the, I, I think to the biggest racing series in the world, NASCAR cup series racing, because man, your dad is, is legendary uh, dirt track racer all over the country. Uh so, man, I'm sure he was super proud of his son. That, that was pretty cool to be able to, to race uh, like as well as your dad did and go on and, and make it all the way to the top and win a – you know, there's not many people in the world can say they won a NASCAR Cup race, and that, that's pretty awesome, man. They don't get much better than that. No, it, 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 was, it was certainly, uh, you know, a big deal at the time. And, yeah, my dad was at every race. Uh, like he, didn't, he never missed a race. He was always uh, with me and, and – uh, you know, my cousin, Sean, I, I'm sure you yeah. can remember Sean. He, uh, yeah. he, he was a father. So it was kind of a family deal, but yeah, it was, it was always cool. And, uh, th to have him be a part of that. And, and, uh, he just actually turned 80 on Friday and, uh, then he, then he raced on Saturday. He's still at it at 80 years old. And, uh, I think he's like fourth or fifth in the feature. Um, I messed around here, lucked out and, and, and won the thing. Uh, and I just, the main deal was, is like, uh, 
when I race with my dad, I got to try to make sure I beat him because I cannot take the trash talking he puts on me. In the car. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll lay it on pretty thick, but we have a good time. We have a pretty cool relationship. And, uh, and yeah, if, if the, the, the only, the, the only reason I have any following at all is because of people that followed Buzzy Rudiman most of the time and, uh, and say, Hey, yeah, that's Buzzy's kid. And, and, you know, I got fans that way, you know, it's kind of the fan by default, really, you know, it's like, <laughs> they only watch Buzzy Rudiman and watch him win races. And, uh, and then, you know, his kids racing too. So let's, let's see what he's about. And it was a, it was a good ride while it lasted. Well, I, I want to, I want to disagree with that a little bit. Cause I think David Rudiman made his, made his own way. It didn't help to have a, didn't hurt at all to have a famous dad and one hell of a race car driver, one of the best dirt track racers in the country of all times. But, uh, but man, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty awesome, man. That's pretty awesome. You were talking earlier, David, about the timing, of everything. And, uh, you know, maybe you were, uh, you know, maybe in NASCAR racing that maybe, you know, you gotten to the point where you think, uh, is for younger men. And I want to, sh- I want, I hope you're paying attention to your dad because he's 80 and still getting after it, dude. So I got to disagree with you a little bit on the, on the NAS, what your, your comments on the NASCAR deals for the younger man, you know, cause I, uh, I really believe if getting into the right situation, the right team, that David Rudeman can get back in a cup car or a truck or an Xfinity car and still get the job done. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I would tend to agree with, with that. And, 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 and it, it's no different than, you've driven good stuff and you've driven stuff that has been down a little bit. Right. And you, you know, the, you know, the difference between, you know, uh, the, you know, the top five and the top 20. And, and sometimes you just have to, uh, you know, it's, it's I, my daughter rides horses. And um, I learned that that early on that that's really similar to racing. If you're not on a good horse, you're not going to go very well, you know, and, and that's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things cross over in, in between the horse world and the ra- racing world. And, uh, and you're right. You don't forget how to drive a race car. You don't forget how to be competitive. And whether it's David Starr or David Rudiman or, or Bobby Labonte or any of those other guys, um, if they had an opportunity to drive good stuff, it would still go pretty good, I think, you know? So you Absolutely. mentioned your dad. Where did, uh, where did it all start for you, David? Um, wow. Um, you know, I mean, when you grow up, you know, my dad raced up in New York and Pennsylvania. He was from Florida, but he raced up there during the summer months because uh, it paid better and you could run multiple nights. Uh, so it, he'd run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and, and so I was always at a racetrack. I mean, always it, it, to the point where I actually got sick of, you know, I was like, man, I, we get a rain out. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad we don't have to go to racetrack, you know, and uh, <laughs> didn't realize that that's how my dad made a living and said things. So I probably would have. I probably should have taken that into account, but, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, ever since I can remember having a thought, I wanted to be like him. And, and so, you know, I mean, my, I'm basically my grandfather raced, my dad raced and uncles and everybody. And so it was just kind of a, it, it would have been weird if I didn't race, you know, because it was just, it was all right there in front of me. Yeah. But you know, the, the, the rudiment, you know, the Rudiman name is such a big name in, in auto racing in the United States uh, with your grandfather and your dad, you know, but I, I still just go back, you know, and as, as much success as your grandfather and your dad have had and still are having, you know, it's, it's just cool. 
and I, and, and I saw your dad all the time at the racetrack and he was so proud and the love and, you know, you could just see it. They're just oozing out of him. You know, he was just proud to, but man, to make it to NASCAR and, and to have a career like you had. And, you know, you got to understand that, uh, you know, you just didn't have a NASCAR career. I mean, you drove for Michael Waltrip. You drove for Daryl Waltrip. I mean, you, I mean, when you came into the sport, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. I don't think it gets much better than that. I mean, to drive for a new car manufacturer that was just really new into, uh, into, into NASCAR to have a Toyota come in. And I mean, you got to do some really, really, really cool things. And, uh, and man, I raced against you. You were, you were good, man. You're one of the best. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a cool career, you know, and I, I'm just glad to know that you're still kicking butt out there. You're still winning races. And, uh, I'd love to see you back in NASCAR one day. If you just done a one or two races, you know, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I, I'd enjoy that, but I don't, I mean, heck I'm, I'm here in the shop building dirt cars and, uh, you know, I, it, to be honest, I haven't, since I left, uh, I might race my last race at Richmond and I, I decided that that was it. And I was leaving and I just kind of, it's almost like a movie. You walk outside the gate and you turn around and you look around and you say, <laughs> well, you know, that's it. And I, and I drove off and, uh, you know, there's no, you know, it wasn't any reason to announce that I was leaving or doing anything different. You know, it's just, it, I just left. And, um, and, and I did have a good, a lot of good opportunities and I'm grateful for that. And it, it was a lot of fun. And, and, um, but it's just, uh, you know, I haven't watched a lap, uh, with exception of the last five laps of the, the first year that Truex won the uh, championship at uh, Homestead because a friend of mine. And I, so I watched that, but other than that, it's like, it, you know, race is like a drug, you know, firsthand, yeah. you know, what it's like, and, <laughs> and it's, it's like, if, if I can't be a part of it, I can't watch it. You know, I mean, if, if you're trying to kick a habit, you don't hang out with addicts, right? You just, <laughs> you just so I, I, I just by, by an act of self-preservation, I, I kind of uh, went cold turkey on it. And, and, uh, and man, it was hard for the first, first couple of years. It was hard. It was real hard, you know, but uh, eventually you, you know, you just kind of settle in and, you know, you, you got life and kids in college now and got a business and, you know, there's not a lot of time for that anymore, you know? Man, I, I get it. You, it sounds like to me when you turned around and looked back at Richmond, you did a, brew, a, a Drew Brees deal, you know what I mean? Because last game he played, had his kids with him, his wife, he turned around. We saw that on television, and he pulled a Rudiman, basically, you know. And uh, 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 so, man, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. But I want to say something. <clears throat> you know, you're in your shop right now. Uh, you're building race cars. And that was really, I think – why you were such a great driver is you understood what you needed in a race car too, whether it was a dirt car or a late model stock car or a, or a NASCAR truck or the cup series. I mean, you understood how the race car work and the feel you wanted to have. And, uh, and still today, I mean, to have your own business building dirt cars and chassis, you know, you don't see a lot of that in our sport today. And I feel like uh, that's one of the things that made you pretty awesome on the racetrack is your understanding of the race car and, and how to give your engineer and your crew chief the information they needed to make the right changes, you know. And, and, uh, and David, you know as well as I do, the sport has changed some. Uh, uh, but we still love this great sport of NASCAR racing. It's a little bit different. But sometimes when I talk to these new kids, these young kids that are driving these fast race cars, and I want to talk a little bit of a 
chassis, uh, you know, their setups and, you know, they, they can't really talk that talk with you. You know what I mean? And I'm always amazed by that. You know what I mean? To ask them the, the type of front suspension they got and what they're doing. And, and, you know, and a lot, I'm surprised a lot of times when a lot of them, you know, the, you think I'm talking a different lang language to them, you know what I mean? But they're able to get in these race cars and win races, you know, but th that was a cool thing. A lot of the guys that aren't racing these days that me and you got to race with, you know, we could build race cars and we knew pretty much every part and piece, how to build them and, and uh, what we needed in a race car. So that was kind of cool that you had all that. But yeah, it, it, it was probably a benefit in some areas and, 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 uh, um, certainly, uh, you know, you have an understanding or a, a kind of a, a, a general understanding of front end geometry and the things, especially when we used to travel the cars, obviously, uh, you know, up and down, there's not, obviously there's not really no. any of that anymore, but, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you, you knew what putting a shorter A-frame on, what it would affect and what it would do and what it would do to the roll centers and all those things like that. And, and I think, you know, you, you, you talk about the, you know, a lot of the younger guys and geez, I feel like I'm an old guy now, um, that, uh, you know, they, they, they don't really have that feedback or know what you're talking about. It reminds me of a, of a, of a days of thunder moment when, when Tom Cruise says, he just goes, I just don't have the vocabulary. Well, that's really what it comes down to now. They just don't have the vocabulary. They don't, they don't understand whether it be truck arm split or whatever, or any of those other things that we used to do. I don't know if they do anymore. Um, that, uh, that, you know, what it does and what it affects. And I mean, I, I think some of them wouldn't even know if you went over and, and smack some of them over the head with a, a truck arm, they probably wouldn't know what it was. You know, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it's kind of a weird deal. But, but uh, and obviously the sport's changing, and, and obviously with the new generation car that they got coming out in a few years, that thing's totally different. So, heck, there won't even be a truck arm underneath there. So, I mean, I guess <laughs> sometimes the less you know is, is, is a benefit. I, I remember my, uh, my friend Brian Patty, who used to start, that I got my start with, and, and uh, Robin for Joe Nemechek, um, he used to, I think sometimes he wanted a little less feedback. Uh, he just wanted the driver to be shut as shut your mouth and turn the wheel. That's all he wanted. And he would wow. do the rest. But some guys, some guys wanted that feedback and, and it was helpful. And, and you're right. It, it helped to understand the race car. David, uh, tell me about those, those first couple of years with MWR. You're in the double zero, then you go to the 44 and then you're back to the double zero what were those first couple of years like in, in trying to find your footing there with uh, MWR? How did that all go? Yeah, it was, at that point, it was just about making races. You know, I mean, that was really, really what it came down to. And, and the reason I got um, moved to, to, for, for around for, for lack of a better reason is Hey, hey, Dave, let's, let's pause it for a second, guys. We, we lost your, your audio there for a second, Dave. phone call come in there. But anyway, so, yeah. Okay, was, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's start from that answer. Uh, we'll, we'll just catch it down. Three, two, and one. I, the, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was just, again, just about making races. And, um, you know, I, I qualified a little bit better than, than some of the guys on my team. And uh, they felt like, you know, you know that, that we could get in races and use the points that I had accumulated. And it was a big drawn out mess points. Dave will tell you points are a pain in the tail. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> when that deal. <laughs> and, uh, and it, sometimes, you know, it occupies more time than it should, uh, more of your time than it should. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, there was a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of, uh, drama 
there was a lot of things in, 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 uh, that probably I certainly didn't need a race. Heck I was, I was throwing up before every qualifying session because I was just so nervous about qualifying. And then I go out there and, and, and about kill myself and, and just squeak in or something like that. And, uh, it worked for a while and it, it, it's, but it was the first, the first couple of years at MWR, it was, it was no picnic. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that's a, that's a hell of a way to describe it, Rudiman. I mean, wow, man, that's just real right there, you know, but, uh, but man, it was just, again, you know, obviously it was no picnic, but it was still cool to race at that level. And, uh, you know, with, uh, with everything being new for Michael Walter racing in the cup series with, uh, Toyota, uh, it was still cool to, to be a fan of yours and to watch you perform. And, uh, you know, I, I just remember you winning that 2009 Coca-Cola 600. That was, that was just a big deal. I know, you know, all that drama and all the hard work and just, you know, all the challenging parts of a new team and different drivers and points. But, man, when you won that race, it made it all worthwhile. You know what I mean? It made all the drama and all the stuff worth every bit of it. You know what I mean? So, uh, can you remember when you uh, took the white flag? And then can you can you remember, take us back when you got the checker flag and won your first cup race? I mean – that's a lot of, a lot of emotions there. I mean, you know, uh, and everything you went through, I mean, so that, that was, that was really cool. Well, the, 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 it, the, the Coke 600, um, fortunately for, for me, fortunately for me, uh, was a rain shortened event, right? So we were, we were all in line and I was running, uh, 10th or so 11th had a decent car. Uh, you know, it, you know, the Coke 600, that's a long race, right? So we had a long way to go. And, uh, and rain was coming and, and it was, it, the yellow was out because of the rain and, and, and Roddy Childers made an awesome call and said, you know, we're going to stay out here. And I'm like, you know, okay, well, you know, you tells me stay out. I stay out. Well, everybody in front of me comes and, and there I'm sitting, you know, myself and I think Robbie Gordon and the rest of the guys stayed out just gambled. And I'm thinking to myself, and I told Roddy, you know, like any good driver would do start second guessing the crew chief. You know, right. and I was like, what, what, what did we just do here? This is the dumbest move I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, now I'm going to make up all that track position. And uh, we rode around and rode around, and they brought us to pit road and stopped us, and we never went green again. And uh, so uh, it was, it was kind of anticlimactic as far as that goes. Um, it was a huge race and a huge shot in the arm for MWR and Toyota and all that stuff went with it. Um, but uh, – Man, I took some heat over that race because they're like, like you never really let a laugh under green. I was like, I know, but I don't write the rule book. You know, they, once a race is halfway, is complete. You know, I'm not the first guy that's won a rain short race, but uh, certainly a lot of people were upset about it. But you know, what what are you gonna do? It's like it's. I tell everybody, it's like it's like going to your job and and working half a day and getting a full day salary. That's really what it came down to. I mean, I only worked half a day. I was in a race car for half the race, and it worked out. So. Well, I, Rudy, I can tell you this. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I just said, what, what did it feel like when you're looking at that white flag? So that race, you know, I was there, and I don't even remember the range-shortened event. All I know is David Rudiman won the Coca-Cola 600 2009, 10, whatever year it was, and I don't even remember that it was a range-shortened race and how you won it. The, all I know is – you want a cup race, dude, and it don't matter how you did it, what the circumstances was, 
the record book shows David Rudiman won the 2009 Coca-Cola 600. And, uh, and man, let me assure you, if you asked every other driver that we raced against or that you raced against on the cup side, they would take a win however they could get it. And I, I know a fact that there's a lot of people that have been racing in the cup series for years and never even won a race. So you've won two, three of them. That's amazing, dude. You got to pat yourself well, on the back. So that's all that matters. That, to add to that, David, too, uh, the crew chief, where's he at now? Rodney Childers, as good as any bed in the sport. I, I, would, I would say it worked out. It was pretty good for everybody there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 Dave, I mean, and you as a driver, and I think any of the drivers in the garage area, no matter who they are, um, we all get it. Right. We get that races get shortened and we get, you know, and we're all saying, you know, yeah, I'll win that summer gun if they cut it short. I don't care. But it don't matter. On the fan side, it's a little different. You know, I mean, you know, they some of them you know, take it very personal that their guy didn't win or they were leading and, and pitted. And, you know, they, they, they could have stayed out or they could have gambled or they could have done all those things. And, 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 and that's really where it came from on the driver standpoint. Drivers didn't care because they would have took it anyway, you know, just like you just said, they would take it any way they could get it. None of them would. Um, and they would have loved to have been in that position. So from a driver standpoint, yeah, all the guys, um, matter of fact, Tony Stewart didn't like the way I was racing them early on and chewed my butt out at the, <laughs> at the, uh, at the, one of the, one of the red flags they had, because they had several during the course of the day. Yeah. He was also the first guy to congratulate me after I won. You know, so yeah, Tony's one of those guys that, that, that would chew you, chew your butt out. And then once he got done chewing on you, he was done, you know, Absolutely. and then went on, you know, so it, it was, it was a, it was a unique situation. And, uh, and, uh, but then, you know, the, the win at Chicago was the most, probably the one I'm most proud of because we, we legitimately, you know, there was nothing anybody could say. We outrun everybody. We were the Absolutely. fastest and we had a great car. So. Well, David, you hear sometimes, too, when a driver wins a big prestigious race, i.e. Daytona, Coke 600, Indianapolis 500, that it does kind of change the trajectory of their careers and affects their lives prefer professionally and personally. Do you feel like having that Coke 600 win did any of that for you? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know, because I, I think I think it certainly got me uh, uh, some different endorsements and stuff like that. It came along with that. So it certainly helped in the I felt like it maybe gave me a long, little bit of longevity uh, in the sport, uh, you know, and, and, but I don't know. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was one of those situations. I think you have to, and David will tell you a lot of times, that when, especially when you have good stuff and you're, you're, you know, running in the top five on a regular, you're only as good as your last race in, in the viewing of, of your team a lot of times. And, and it's just like, you know, it, it, in, in NASCAR racing, especially on a cup level, you know, you win on Sunday, you know, you do some interviews on Monday, Tuesday, by the time Wednesday rolls around, it's time to back to reality. You have to do it again. <laughs> Absolutely. If you can't do it again. You're, 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 you know, you're, you suck. You know, That's <laughs> you mentioned the win at Chicago land. What about breaking through and making the chase? How big a deal was that to you guys to get that chase birth? Well, I mean, it's it just, it was, and again, you know, we talk about the points deal. It's like, man, all that stuff was so confusing. Uh, and, and, and to Still be able is. to, 
to get, get up in there. Yeah, I mean, and try counting points and positions and, you know, where you finish and what happens. And it's like, man, I just I just I, I didn't really pay much attention to that point because I was I'm not smart enough to for one. And number two, um, it's just it takes away from what you're trying to do. And I would just say on the radio, I just tell those guys, you know, Rodney Childers, just tell me what I got to do and where I got to be. And, and I'll try to be there, you know, and that's what it really comes down to. So I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to mash on the gas and turn left. The rest of that stuff, that's a little over my head. So, I, you know, I let the, leave that to the guys that got the college education and stuff like that. Rudiman, I love I love hearing you speak about that because basically what you're saying, hey man, when I when I take the green flag, I'm going to the front. And my job's trying to win the race, not you know I need to beat this car, or this car. Our job's to beat every car, not you know it's kind of hard. And I'm with you on that. I totally agree with you. You know, we, I don't pinpoint any particular car. It's like we got a job to do. I mean, you you got to that level and race with Rodney. Childress and Michael Walter because uh because you were a hardcore racer you won racers and you were great you were a great driver so you know it's kind of weird to when to, to kind of change that you know because your points racing that's like hey man when they drop the green flag you know like you said I'm going to the front I'm gonna, I'm gonna get all I can get and then where, where you end up is where you end up I guess you know so it is hard to points race at times oh it, it's really hard because I mean you want to you want to just go as hard as you can and and sometimes that's not always the best option when you're point racing. You know, sometimes you need to run. Sometimes you need to run tenth to, to solidify a, a points position. But you got a car that you can maybe run in the top three with. Well, they're they're telling you to be conservative, and and man, that's that's tough to do. You know, and you know as well as I do. A lot of times when you slow down, you start making mistakes because you're 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 going wide open and driving as hard as you can. And when you have to change that dynamic in that rhythm, you know about rhythm, babe. I mean, just having. Having that, I mean, when you change that, it changes the whole dynamic, and sometimes you get yourself into trouble. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So Dave, I mean, you we talk about the peak days, Michael Waltrip racing, running in the top ten, top fifteen consistently. I mean, you ran your last Cup race in 2014, so kind of talk about that journey, the end of the Michael Waltrip racing tenure, 2011, BK racing, running some races with Front Row Motorsports. What were some of those events and some of those races like from your perspective? Well, if, you, if you're coming from an organization like MWR and kind of got bounced out of there, and uh, I, won't, uh, I won't bore you with the details of the trivia or any of that other stuff, but uh, long story short, they made a change, and, and it was really late in the season, so it was, it, everything was, was used up at that point. So I drove for Tommy Baldwin for a little bit, uh, you know, and I just, you know, that, that was kind of the beginning of the end for me. I felt like at that point I should have just stopped altogether, but um, – you know, I, I felt like I could get back in there and, and, and make a difference. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, Tommy Baldwin was a great guy, uh, very underfunded. <coughs> you had to be very, very careful with your stuff and, and, and do things. He did a great job with what he had. Uh, and uh, BK Racing, again, they bought a, a bunch of uh, old Red Bull stuff and when, it, when Red Bull got out of the sport. And it was kind of wore out and used up. And then, uh, and then uh, the uh, – the, uh, front row deal there. I mean, I was just basically a car to, uh, and they made it clear to me. None of those guys ever told me anything, but what the business aspects were, were to, you know, that this car is here to try to make money so we can help with our other two cars. Right. So, I mean, they, there was never any, uh, uh, you know, they weren't trying to, to, to win that they were trying to just maintain as, as a business model, you know, and, and, and it just, just wasn't, wasn't really my cup of tea anymore, you know? And then, uh, so at the, at the end, 
I was just putting in time. I was out there on the racetrack, uh, but I wasn't competitive and wasn't going to be competitive. So at that point, I just said, man, I just, I, I got to do something different. And, and that's all. It just wasn't for me anymore, you know? Well, that's well, a true. That you talked about how that Richmond looking back and thinking, okay, this is the last race, but I've got to ask you seven years later, you see a lot of these guys that do come back for a good deal. If it is in the cards, if, if the right deal came along, would you do a one-off deal in any of the three series? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that, that's, nuts. I would definitely do that. I mean, you know, if, if you get a call from a top team owner, so like if Rick Hendrick calls me up and says, Hey, I got an opening. I'm, I'm there at his doorstep before he even hangs up the phone. You know, and if you need this grass cut, I'm doing that too. That's what it comes down to. But uh, so, yeah, I I absolutely would. I mean, the reality of it all is, 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 um, is, you know, not realistic, but I mean, yeah, if that opportunity, if an opportunity ever came to get in a decent car, absolutely. I would, I can't say that I I would never do that again, but um, you know, at the same time now I'm just, uh, I own, these race cars and, and the stuff I'm doing and I'm trying to mentor some younger guys and, and uh, tell them what not to do. And we go pavement racing, we go dirt racing and, and, uh, and, and, you know, some, some younger kids, some, you know, heck they're starting them young now today, about 14, 15 years old are starting or younger. So, uh, wow. uh, and all of, all the parents uh, feel like their kid has a legitimate shot to be the next chef Gordon. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hoping to be a, a, a uh, a rung in the ladder on their climb to the top. That's where I'm at. So hey, there you go. You're a step there, Rudman. And Rudman, it, it, it's interesting to hear your, uh, you know, you talk about towards the end. And I don't know if people understand that when you're a hardcore racer and have the success that you have had in your career, and then you're you're jumping from Tommy Baldwin to you know, front row and, and, uh, when they're not, when they're, when you're not going to the racetrack loaded and ready to try to go for a win, that's tough on any driver to know that when you're going to the racetrack, you're just there to help them with their business model. And that business model doesn't include a checker flag, you know? So I think most racers, myself and other racers that are listening to us that will be listening to us will understand as a champion, as one of the, one of the best racers out in the truck series and winning cup races like you did, uh, they can understand uh, and appreciate why you said, "Hey, when you turned around and looked at Richmond Racetrack and walked off the racetrack, that was it for you." Because uh, you know, if you couldn't go loaded and and you know aimed and loaded to go win, you know, it's like. That's not what Dave Rudiman's about. So it's, we can kind of understand that, you know, we, we get you on that. So uh, we appreciate you sharing. That's, that's real right there, man. Well, I mean, I, I've proven I can run bad in a good car at times, so I didn't need a bad car to show that. Where <laughs> <laughs> it just, yeah, it wasn't, it, the opportunity wasn't there to win anymore. And, uh, and, you know, you, you have to adjust your expectations. I think one of the biggest reality checks I ever had, I was running Daytona. I was running Tommy Baldwin's car. We dodged all the wrecks. It was getting towards the end of the race. Had a shot at a, a pretty good finish, you know? And uh, Tommy come over the radio and said, all right, just, just stay where you're at, you know? Oh, and, and, and I'm like, well, man, we, I think we can get it. He goes, no. He goes, he goes, he goes when you break the math down like I do in, the, in the, the, what it pays per position, he goes, this is where we need to be. We don't need to take a chance of bringing this thing in a bas- back in a basket, which, I mean, as a small team owner, he had to worry about wasting a car. 
right. uh, as opposed to the other big teams where if you had to write a car off, you just write it off, you know? So uh, at that point, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I, I can get used to this, this stuff. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I guess I didn't. So, well, they, there's a lot of respect for you, buddy. There's a, you know, yeah. there's a lot of respect. And, and uh, as, as a NASCAR racer that raced with you, I understand your feelings there and I totally understand. And man, I have to ask, mo I have the most respect for you to say, Hey, if they, if these teams aren't going to give me what it takes to be, get back to winter circle, then I'm, I'm going to go race somewhere where I can win. You know what I mean? That, that I know I got good stuff. So, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I, I, was, I, I think back about the times when we used to sit and do autograph sessions and, and you, you can, you can rest assured that if David Starr was at the table, there was going to be a line because we would all sign stuff. And then David Starr would sign, he'd write a novel over there <laughs> and take, take the, take the time as an individual to spend that time with a fan. And, and really one of the nicest autographs I've ever seen on anybody. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, uh, it was always, it was always pretty cool. Uh, but we would always say, it's like, well, where do we put star? Do we put them at the end of the table or the front of the table? Because he's going to hold stuff up. So we would always try to put him in the front so we could just sit back there and talk. And then they would, they would trickle down to us the rest of the time. But uh, I uh, always admired that about you, Dave, the, the fact that it didn't matter uh, who it was or whatever. You always took the time to make each fan uh, feel special. And I think that's uh, lost a lot on uh, the, the race drivers of today. And uh, I, I think we need more of that. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, you know, but hey, Rudiman, you were good to the fans and you had a man. I, 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 I wish I had a tape recorder with me and I should send you I should record when people are talking about you because Rudiman, the Rudiman name, David Rudiman comes up a lot. And I wish you could hear when it happens, you know, and I get asked about you a lot just because people knew I raced with you in the truck series. Where's David Rudiman? Is he coming back one day? What's he doing these days, man? I'm telling you, you you really – and you know the fans of our sport. They're very passionate. And once they get behind somebody, they're behind them for a lifetime. You know what I mean? So, uh, but, man, you're messed. Dearly, you're messed in NASCAR. The fans mess you. The competitors mess you. you you're one of the hardest racers to race against. You were damn good. But man, the sport, the sport don't have, we don't have David Rudiman's no more. You know, we got hardcore racers and people that race hard, but you know, a racer that, that grew up like you grew up, grew up, earned the opportunity to be here. You know, those are few far in between these days, man. So it was an honor to be able to race with you, man. You're just a, you're just a, you're a champion guy, man. So it's good. I, I appreciate that. That's uh, like I say, you don't, <laughs> I mean, you know, out here at Cheryl's Ford, I'm the only one in my shop. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, I, I got to tell you one thing before we get to uh, uh, our NASCAR news and notes segment. Uh, just from a personal standpoint, um, when, when I was a young, you know, young kid, Dominic and I, you know, we're we're, we're a bit younger than than Star here, uh, Ruben. Uh, my first <laughs> the first time I ever saw a stock car, I was living in a small town in Oregon. And uh, your 99 uh, Bush car, the, the best Western car, came to our local best Western. And I got to see that car in person, one of those showroom cars. That's the first time I'd ever got to see a stock car. So that was cool. 
and my uncle Jason, he's you're, you're his all time favorite driver. <laughs> he, he, he needs to set the bar a little higher. I can tell you. That. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> oh gosh. But guys, uh, before we get to our uh, NASCAR news and notes segment, I want to remind you, as always, that we are presented by Whataburger. And you can stop by Whataburger for a hot, hearty breakfast any morning or late at night. They're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Uh, news and notes time. Uh, Dominic, uh, Martin Truex, total domination at uh, Darlington on Sunday. Third career win in the NASCAR Cup Series at Darlington for Martin Truex Jr. But more importantly, he's the only multi-winner in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2021. Truex led the most laps en route to victory in the Goodyear 400 at Darlington Raceway on Sunday, notching win number three of 2021, but win number 30 of his career, just the 28th NASCAR driver in the history of the Cup Series to hit at least 30 wins. Awesome uh, stuff there from uh, Martin Truex. Uh, Star, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, Truex, off to a good start to 2021, it seems. Amazing. You know, it's not a big surprise to see Martin Truex dominating uh, Darlington like like we saw on Sunday. Not surprised for that organization or him as a driver. I mean, you know Martin Truex is going to be a, a – he's a championship contender every year. Gibbs organization, Toyota. I mean, just, you know, you have all – that recipe right there is just this championship recipe. You know, one thing that stands out with the Darlington race, I stayed in Darlington and watched the cup race. And I was standing on top of a building in turn three and I was watching Martin Truex's line. And I swore that he was only two inches off the wall entering turn three. And he ran that line pretty much every lap, except when he had to pass a lap car uh, and I, I was watching that line and I was trying, I was trying to figure out what he was doing. It looked like to me, he was saving his tires, the long run. It seemed like as the run went on cars that wasn't running that really, really, really high line would fall off and his car stayed real consistent. So I was watching him and he's got really something figured out there. Martin Truex is hard to beat anyway, but his line he ran Sunday was really, uh, really just, uh, a different type of line I've seen over the years. I've seen guys run up against the wall, but I've never seen them run up against the wall when they entered turn three until you exit turn four. It was, it was really different and unique, but man, it worked. Boy, he dominated that race. It was amazing. I was excited at the end when Larson, Larson made a attempt, I think twice got within a car length of him, but man, I, I felt like Truex was playing with him. Then he pulled away 10 car lengths, 20. It was amazing, but heck of a race and, and nothing surprised by the end result seeing Truex in victory lane. Ruderman, I know you're not watching much uh, cup racing anymore, you said earlier in the show, but you're, you're a big fan of Martin. He's a friend of yours. Uh, I imagine it's always going to be cool to see him running well and off to a good start. It does, and, and, and to, to, to add to what David was talking about, you know, when, being as I used to sit in team meetings and stuff with a guy and, and, and we would talk about racing and, and, and the, the race ahead. And he would always talk about what he called hunting the gray. And Dave will know what I'm talking about is, is the fact that, you know, it, it's the tracks black and rubbered up right up to the point till, till really, really close to the wall. And uh, especially at Darlington, because everybody runs out there. And so he would, he, he would, he was always really good at, uh, getting in high and, 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 and floating it in there and, 
and getting the thing turned and, and driving her straight off and, and keeping that right front just in that little bit of racetrack where there was kind of nobody else was running. So I, I've heard him talk about that a lot, and I'm it's certainly just like Dave says, I'm not surprised at all that he ran as good as he did. Dominic, uh, what did you make of what uh, Truex pulled off and how he started the season so far? And we're getting to see a, a legend in the making, right? Martin Truex Jr., consistently fast, always winning stages, always leading a bunch of laps, and just proving why time and time again he's a proven winner. And I think we're looking at one of the guys that will be in the championship four come November at Phoenix. By the way, a race he did win in March. There you go. How about that? Uh, Martin Truex, uh, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer one of these days. Uh, he's off to a good start this year. Been a really good career to this point. Uh, Dominic, what else we got? Other headlines that we're looking at, May 11th with Fast Motorsports announced Kyle Tilley will be running his first four NASCAR Cup Series races. Tilly's been tabbed to run four road course races, starting with the Circuit of the Americas for Live Fast Motorsports. The England-born driver will also run at Road America July 4th. Watkins Glen on August 8th, and in the Indianapolis road course the week after on August 15th. So another road course specialist making their NASCAR Cup Series debut, and he gets four shots in the 78 car. Star, are you familiar with him much? Uh, what was uh, – I missed his name. What's his name? So his name's Kyle Tilley. He's the reigning Rolex 24 LMP2 champion and Asian Le Mans Pro Series AM champion as well. So quite an extensive road racing background. He's 33 years no old. Doubt, no doubt about it. I, I've never, you know, since I'm not a big, I don't really follow that type of racing, but man, hearing his accomplishments, I'm, I mean, it's well-deserved and, and he'll do that, that team a great job. But I, uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that I don't know who he is. I hadn't followed him or never watched him race. What about you, David Rudiman? No, I've, I've, uh, I'm like you, Dave. I've, I've, uh, I don't watch that type of racing uh, very often. Uh, I am a fan of all kinds of racing, you know, so it's just, it's uh, when I get a chance to watch it, I do, but, and yeah, just because I've never heard of the guy doesn't mean he's not any good. I can tell you that. that means absolutely nothing. So it sounds like, like you said, from his list of accomplishments, he's, he's a, he's a, a pretty able-bodied guy. And like you said, he'll do a really good job in that car. I'm sure. Absolutely. So, so, so Dominic, since you introduced us to him, educate us about this guy. How good is he? <laughs> I mean, I'll be the, Alongside with the two Davids, I, I don't know too much about him as well. So I guess I should have done my homework a little bit more. But reading the little bit I did on his accomplishments and what he's done, I mean, he's 33 years old. So we have a, another young guy coming to the NASCAR Cup Series. And I, I got to give B.J. McLeod credit where credit's due. He, he tends to have a really good talent. And Matt Tipke he's a co-owner in the team as well. These guys tend to pick some out-of-the-box guys that you probably wouldn't see typically running in the Cup Series. They give a lot of guys – a lot of chances. BJ's known to do that in his Xfinity Series team, and he's doing that in the Cup Series. So time and time again, introducing new people to the series, that's not a bad thing. No. Speaking of Matt Tiff, by the way, uh, he just posted yesterday, six months seizure-free after <laughs> not driving for two years. He's finally back on the road, and he's driving a Tesla. So right. <laughs> good for Matt. Uh, great story there, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, real quick, Dover coming up this week. Star, we'll, we'll start with you. You've been to Dover no, numerous times. What are you expecting this weekend out of Dover? Man, I hope I hope to, you know, get us a top 15 finish. And, uh, you know, if it can be top 10, we'll definitely be going for it. Like, kind of like Rudman, when they drop that green flag, man, I'm going to be charging to the front. But, uh, you know, I think a realistic go for our Carl Long Motorsports racing team uh, – 
again, I talk about the budget a lot because we don't have a big budget we work on. And, uh, you know, if we can get a top 15 finish coming out of Dover, I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at, um, you know, to keep, keep uh, knocking off those top 15s. And if you do that, maybe we sneak and give, give us a top 10 here pretty soon. But, uh, you know, I know Carl talks a lot about points and I, I'm kind of like rudiment on this. I don't really f- focus too much on the point stuff. But it's, it's crucial for a team like ours to, to understand there's bonus money involved. You know, if you fall out of the top, I don't know. I think Carl said if you're not in the top 30 in points, you don't get bonus money. And, and look, man, to race these race cars in any NASCAR series, I don't care if it's truck, Xfinity, or cup, you know, bonus money or extra money, money the race car can bring in because of where you're at on points, that's a big deal for a small team like us. So I just do my job, and man, I'm going to Dover. You're ready to ready to race. I love racing there, and hopefully we can come out there. It was a great finish. I got a I'm pretty. It's pretty cool. I got a a new sponsor, Brett Barr. Uh, he's a guy on Fox. That does a special reports car. We're gonna have that. Britt Bear. Brit Bear, yeah, Brit Bear, and uh, he'll be a uh, first time on a NASCAR race car with us and at Dover. So I'm excited about all that, but. Uh, I'm excited to race at Dover again. It's it's a great racetrack, multi-lane racetrack. You can run on the bottom. You can move to the center. And sometimes in the Xfinity Series, we get the top to work. So uh, it's always a fun track to race on as a racer uh, because you're not just locked down to that bottom groove. But uh, looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a great weekend. Who's the uh, cup driver to watch for? Who, who's going to be the guy to beat this weekend, Star? Well, man, I, I, I think you look at Truex and, uh, you know, I keep, I talk a lot about Kevin Harvick. It's surprising that Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin and, you know, there's two or three other ones uh, that are top runners that haven't won this year. And, and, and I rest assured that you're going to see the four car and 11 car up there. You know, they're, uh, they're digging pretty hard. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Denny Hamlin finished fifth or sixth at Darlington. He's always right there, you know, and, uh, but we'll see these guys in the victory lane, and it's good to see the, the Stuart Haas car of Kevin Harvick back to his old ways. You know, I think he come out of Darlington. I believe he finished uh, third, fourth, whatever it was. Uh, he was, you know, ran in the top five, top six most of the most of the race. So uh, I wouldn't see, be surprised to see Kevin Harvick back in victory lane or even Denny Hamlin. Rudiman, you've raced at uh, Dover numerous times. Uh, what do you make of Dover? What, what – uh... What's the key to uh, racing well there? I don't – I mean, I, I've, I've done well there, and I've stunk up the show and, and not been very good. So, uh, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. But uh, that place is – and, again, I think Dave agreed, but there's no place to relax at Dover. I mean, yeah. we, people talk about how intense Bristol is, and it is very intense. But it, it's, it's, it's almost like Dover is like a, a little bit of a stretched-out kind of Bristol. And, and, uh, uh, and, and again, there's not – it, it's fairly narrow on the exit. You can you can get uh, in trouble uh, and get in the fence really easily on the exit of uh, of uh, both corners. And uh, it's it's some place you got to stay up on top of the wheel the whole time, and, and uh, you can't really relax. Yeah, uh, Dominic, uh, who are you watching for this weekend at Dover? I think Chase Elliott might get the job done. We've seen him lead a bunch of laughs at Dover International Raceway or Speedway, excuse me. So I think Chase Elliott, like you said, Star, Kevin Harvick, there's so many guys that just haven't won a cup race this year, and it's shocking. Denny Hamlin's another one that comes to mind. Star, we talk about every week on this show how we're getting closer and closer to that 16 driver win mark before the regular season ends. We're going to get a little closer to that after Sunday, I think. You think so too, Tyler? Yeah, I think Chase is a good pick. I'll say this too. 
I just want to see Eric Almarola run well. Uh, he's been <laughs> off to such a bad start to this year. And so many things haven't gone his way. If Almarola can just finish top 10 or top 15, that would do him wonders. Uh, that team's in really bad shape right now, it seems, uh, based on how things have gone. Uh, real quick, before we get to our Ask David segment, reminder, as always, we are presented by Whataburger. Uh, don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, and prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. We've asked folks to submit their questions to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email at David Star Podcast at gmail.com. And we've asked you to submit questions for not only David, but for, for David Rudiman too. And uh, we'll start on Facebook. This question comes from Hallie. This one's for uh, Ruderman. And uh, Hallie writes, you drove for so many different sponsors while in NASCAR, uh, Ruderman. Which one did you enjoy working with the most? Well, I mean, there, there's no such thing as a bad sponsor, right? I'm sure. And, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the uh, – yeah, looking back um, – uh, really, I mean, and obviously the one I've had the most, the longest association with, uh, has, has been Aaron's. Um, the, uh, uh, they, they were a lot of fun. They were, they were real, you know, uh, at that time it was a privately owned company. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of leeway and not having to, to, to keep your shareholders happy and stuff like that. Uh, and I also enjoyed it. it, it the, the matter of fact, the old truck days, the old NTN guys, uh, they oh, were out of Canada. Um, they were, they were a lot of fun. They were a good group of guys and, uh, and, and gave me the opportunity and, uh, and it had the NTN bearing, NTN bearing truck. So, I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of good ones, but those are two that definitely stick out. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. And, uh, we, we certainly know uh, what you mean by that on uh, that front, uh, star, uh, I, I feel like we, we know what your answer would be. Is it Whataburger? Is that your favorite sponsor? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, they've been with me, you know, through thick and thin and just all the years. I mean, like David said, you can't race without any of your sponsors. You know what I mean? Every one of them, you know, and everybody, every sponsor is a little bit different from their financial support that they give to the racing team. But every one of them is passionate. They love racing just as much as we do. And uh, we couldn't race without them, you know, so they're all my favorites, you know, I love them all. And, uh, but you know, if you had, you had to put your finger on one that just really stands out to me and one the fans love the most, it would be our Waterburger race car. No doubt about it. The fans love the brand. They love, they love the Waterburger hamburgers. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just been a fan favorite ever since Waterburger has been involved in NASCAR with myself. Okay. Uh, another question for you. This one comes from the email inbox. This is from Pablo. Pablo wants to know, uh, Ruderman, who, what is your best uh, or favorite uh, Michael Waltrip memory? When <laughs> 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 I can share on this cast, um, man, I don't, man, there, there is a lot, you know, as you can imagine, being around Michael Waltrip was, uh, was a, uh, was was uh, an interesting experience. He's a colorful guy, and you you never know what he's going to pull up with and do. Um, man, I I I think you know what I I, I think 
And this is probably one of the nicest things anybody's ever done to me. I mean, you know, now that take into account the guy did fire. Me, okay. So that's, that's strike one. But on, on top of that, when I, when we first announced that I was going cup racing, I'll come in here. Right. Um, the, uh, he surprised me with uh, going to my hometown in my backyard of my house and, and having the announcement uh, that Domino's and, and Burger King were coming on board and I was going to be uh, a rookie for uh, Michael Walter Racing. And, uh, and that place was jam-packed. I've never seen so many people in my dad's shop and, and all the surrounding areas. And so he went through the expense and put that on, uh, flew me down there, surprised me. I had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, so it, uh, it, um, it was, that was probably my favorite moment. And it was probably one of the nicest things anybody's ever done. So that's really uh, cool. Cool Start. story right there. Cool story, Rudman. Wow. In your backyard and at your dad's shop, all that, man, all y'all's friends and racing friends there. That's pretty awesome, yeah. man. We had, we had, there was, there was cops there parking cars. It was, <laughs> it was, nuts. it was, and basically happened. In my backyard, my my in between the shop and the house, there's a pretty big yard. So basically, it all happened within 20 yards of the shop where it all basically started. So it was it was cool. That's awesome, man! Wow. Star, do you, do you know Michael Waltrip well? Any any Michael Waltrip memories for you? Oh man, I know Michael well. What you know, great guy, great guy, and like like David says, you know, he's got a huge personality, and uh, you know, he's really good with the fans and the media. Uh, but, you know, Michael's always been just, you know, I've never driven for Michael Walter like David Rudman has. And, uh, but man, he's always just nothing but professional. We talk racing and uh, I know him well. He's a great guy, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, after he got out of the race car and st doing TV stuff and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, Michael's came up to me before and said, hey, if you need me to mention anything about any of your sponsors or you need something from a television standpoint, you know, let me know. and We'll get it taken care of. I mean, just always, you know, going out of his way to make sure that, you know, for myself and my team and my sponsors that they were getting the exposure when we weren't running that great. So I thought, I always thought that I had a lot of respect for Michael from that standpoint, but, uh, you know, just watching him and his career and, you know, having the longevity he had in cup racing and not winning a race for so long, you know, you hear David Rudin and talking about, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a picnic like the fans might think it was because you're racing at the biggest racing series in the world and you're David Rudiman, you're driving for Michael Waltrip. You know, sometimes people's perspective is much different from reality. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and, and you hear David speak, you know, tell us the stories about that, but you hear uh, when Michael drove for all those years without a win, you know, I can only imagine the pressure he was under and, and questioning his, his own ability uh, and then getting the opportunity to, you know, the, the call of a lifetime to drive for Dale Earnhardt with DEI and, you know, just winning the, uh, winning the Daytona 500. And you know what happened during after that race was over with. I mean, it's, you know, the guy's, you know, the guy's been through a lot. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's very colorful, big personality type of guy. I think he's really good for our sport. Yeah, he's a character. Uh, that, that's for certain. I, I got to say, I, 
the first time I, I met Michael, uh, he was carrying around a, a Merce, and uh, I was, that caught me off guard a little bit. But uh, he was proud of it. He, he uh, ran around a what? He, uh, a a purse, a man purse. <laughs> <laughs> wow oh yeah yeah i'm not sure about that kind of stuff but anyway <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh dominic you got you had one more thing for uh for rudiman before we go sure my question for you rudiman i guess it was, this one comes from dominic with let's go racing with david star <laughs> any chance or any possibility or any interest in doing driver analyst work, radio, television, down the road? Is that something that would interest you? Uh, I, yeah, obviously I would, but I don't know that I'm well-spoken enough to uh, uh, be able to, to do that kind of job. I mean, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, it, it would be a different perspective for sure, um, you know, from, from what the, the, a lot of the guys give. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's something I would uh, – uh, be interested in but again i don't i say uh, a lot and stammer a lot and stutter a lot i'm not sure it would go as smooth as it needed to be to, to be a, any any kind of production value you know well Rudderman, we kind of disagree with you i think you've done pretty good you're, you're pretty smooth brother you uh you uh we people like to hear racing and you can talk racing man you uh we didn't see any we didn't really hear any uhs and pausing <laughs> and stuttering you've done a, you've done a good job and we really we can't thank you enough for joining in on our on our podcast. The fans, the fans love you, man, and it's it's been an honor to have you join our show, man. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, now, now listen, Star. This is an open invitation. Everybody's going to hear this. This dirt car behind me, you'll fit right <laughs> in. Get with me one. Get me with me one time. They got those guys got my number. We'll go off to some local racetrack out here, and we'll freaking throw some dirt. And see what happens. All right, dude. That's that's awesome. I'm gonna take you up on that opportunity someday, buddy. Don't forget, I, I'm, we got this recorded. This is this is live. Uh, not live, but it's recorded. So I, I I would love to do that. Take you up on that offer one day, buddy. No doubt about it. <laughs> the, the offer stands. So anytime you want to get in it, we'll go. Awesome, man. I might need some driving tips. That's for sure. It's been too long for me in dirt racing. I, I can tell you oh. what. No, that's about all I can offer. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, David, you're getting some practice uranium capital speedway this summer on an NASCAR off-season off weekend. So we're looking forward to that, which you're going to will out here in New Mexico. <laughs> absolutely, man. Hey, once absolutely for me. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it or not. So <laughs> oh gosh. Well, that's great. Guys, uh, we got to run. Uh, before we do, David, real quick, what's uh, what's going on with you the next couple of days? You're in Pennsylvania, and then uh, you'll head down the road to a Dover here. Man, just uh, trying to get in a, a little uh, – just just a lot going on with uh, actually just spending some time with Missy and Rich with, uh, you know, their family and friends and customers, Alarm Tech Systems. But uh, it's kind of cool. Going to head down to Dover, uh, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware tomorrow afternoon, go down there, get a little fishing in, a little relax relaxation, something we don't really get much of, and, uh, and then get ready to go racing Saturday, man. So, absolutely. Awesome. Dominic, what's going on with the racing experts this week? Man, we'll just continue to cover the news of the sport. Again, got to give a shout out to one of our top flight guys since the very beginning. Jonathan Field graduated from Mankato University with his journalism degree this past weekend. So, Jonathan, we know you're watching. We know you're listening. We're very proud of you and just awesome to be associated with you. So we'll continue covering the sport. We'll continue doing what we, what we can. We're still doing some giveaways with the let's go racing team so all you got to do is just follow us on twitter you could win some david star autograph memorabilia and we're doing them on facebook as well
Maybe I'll get me some David Starr autograph memorabilia here one of these days. Uh, All you got to do is like and follow. Okay. Well, I'm already two steps there, which uh, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Star Podcast, Facebook.com, David Star Podcast, email David Star Podcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, connect with us uh, by subscribing to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Make sure to hit that like button. We certainly would appreciate that. Uh, and we have to run. Appreciate uh, Rudiman for stopping by. We'll be back here next week as we continue our championship May series. We'll put the checkered flag out on this show. For David Starr, David Rudiman, Dominic Oregon, I'm Clive Jones saying so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.